Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one McCrispy, so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. You have uh, stumbled upon the three questions with Andy Richter again. And uh, my my questionee today is uh, beloved LeVar Burton. <laughs> He's uh, – no, I mean, you really – you have a special place in the hearts of so many people for, like, the roles that you played and also the for what you do for kids, yeah. you know? Yeah. You know, yeah. I'm not, I'm not, I didn't intend to blow smoke up your ass right off the bat. Before we get to the questions, let's get to the smoke. <laughs> yeah, yeah, is yeah. that your strategy? Here? <laughs> that's right. That's right. right. <laughs> that's right. Well, thank you so much for coming. I'm, uh, I'm thrilled. I'm a fan. Oh, Andy thank Richter. you. Yes. And, uh, and, and it's, it's, it's lovely to, to be here. Yeah. I'm a little nervous about the three questions. Really? Don't are know you? what they are. Well, um, there. Do you have you heard? No. Well, they're just, where do you come from? Oh. Where are you going? Yeah. And what have you learned? What? They're always the same. Are yeah. you kidding? Yeah, yeah. I really should have done my homework, but this is <laughs> this is this is great. I love those yeah. questions. And I ask, where are you from? Yeah. Where are you going? Yeah. And what was the third? <laughs> <laughs> and what have you learned? What have you learned? Where do you come wow. from? Yeah, yeah. Because wow. those are, I think the the reason that I came. I just wanted to have I like it conversations that were just a little deeper than than what people normally get to yeah. and to sort of have that up front. I mean, yeah. I don't always like, they're not always explicit. Like I go, where do you come? Yeah. Okay. Now, where are you going? No. You know, but it is but like that's the intention. That's, the, yeah, the, the, that's the, just the, sort of the backbone of, to set of the what, tone of what, of what we're going to be talking about. I so love it. Good. So you, yeah, you were born overseas. Were I, was. You not? Yeah. I was born in what used to be called West Germany. It's all yeah. just Germany. Now. And you were, you were a, a army kid, right? Mm-hmm. And Army brat. Uh, my father was in the uh, Signal Corps, Third uh-huh. Armored Division. Career was he there? As career military his, man. Yeah, 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 he was. He was. That was. Uh, and then he retired. And then he had another career because he, I guess, he retired early enough to have a second career. I think the military allows you yeah, that. You know. It, could, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And uh, so I was born in 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 that. American Army Hospital in mm-hmm. in uh, Landstuhl near Kaiserslautern, mm-hmm. um, where I mean you've probably seen it on TV before when they they bring like Bo Bergdahl to debrief right. you know, when whenever somebody's coming out of a major situation. I mean it's 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 the best hospital in the Western yeah. European theater, and it's uh, yeah because it always seems like 
when I remember when the hostages were brought out right. of Iran. That's they, right. They, they went, went to there. Germany. They yeah. went there. They went there. Yeah. Yeah. And that's where you were born. That's, that's the hospital I was born in. Wow. Yeah. And uh, debriefed immediately? Uh, upon birth, I think. <laughs> <laughs> yes. All right. Tell us what you went who, through. Who are you? What yeah. do you know? <laughs> what have you learned? Where have you been? <laughs> and how, how long were you in Germany? Um, I, I, we came back to the States uh, before my first birthday and then went again uh, when I was in the third grade for another tour of duty. So it's the second tour that I really remember. Right. I did, uh, I did uh, uh, third, fourth, uh, and part of fifth grade. Um, in Germany. And is that, I mean, is that, how formative is that to sort of grow up somewhere where, you know, it's, it's like, well, I think, I mean, you know, it's, I'm speaking from a white American and black American perspective of live. You're used to living in a place where your language is the language. Yes. You know? Yes. So, but to grow up where you're surrounded by something that's not your language, especially at an early age. Well, here's here's the perspective that I want to share with you. Uh, I'm here for it. So growing up in America yeah. was growing up in a country where I had a language in common, uh, but not a culture huh. in common with the dominant population. Right. And neither ni- neither did I feel welcome to, jo- to join the dominant population's culture. Really? Really? <laughs> you mean you mean white culture or yes. do you mean okay. white American culture. white American culture? Okay, because I thought you meant as opposed to German. Oh well, see, then I went to an, I went to another country, and even though I didn't have a language in common with them, they didn't have any issue with my skin color. Oh, I see. Yeah. So there was that. I understand. Yeah. There was that. Yeah, yeah. And so it was very formative. Yeah. Right. And informative. Yeah. And so when we came back to the states, it was a real. Adjustment, yeah, to slip back into that skin, so to speak. Yeah, yeah. Where, where, where were you? Sacramento, in Sacramento. Yeah, and is Sacramento a fairly racially divided town? I mean, it, it you know as um, much as it's not is. like well, the, the the neighborhood I grew up in, um, Meadowview, uh-huh. um, people call Ghetto View. Oh yeah, yeah. That's that's sort of that's what happens. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But that's America. Yeah. Andy Richter. And was your, what, what career was your dad in at this point? Was he still? He was still in the service. He was still in the service. He was still in the service. But that, but that it was during that, uh, that tour of duty that my parents' relationship exploded uh-huh. or imploded. It was violent, but it was not, it was not, uh, it was explosive and violent, but it, it, well, maybe it did explode. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So on second thought, it did explode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And what what did your mom do? Was she? She was uh, at that time. She she had when she met my father. She was a high school English teacher. Mm. Um, then she, contrary to her nature, um, during the time we were in Germany, she was a housewife. Mm. Um, and that was hard for her. For my mom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 She didn't were you aware of it? Um, I was aware of her, you know, being home. Um, and that got to feel fairly normal. Um, but could you sense the unhappiness? Yeah. Yeah. Well, there, there was a real, there was a, a real tenor of tension, mm-hmm. um, in the house in those days because yeah. they were, they were fighting. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Now when they split was, did you go with your mom? Oh yeah. Yeah. My mom and my two sisters. And was that, was, j- because I know from being, from going through two divorces as a kid, mm-hmm. there's a, also the relief mm. of it being over. I mm. mean, did, was there the sense of that with you? Uh, I'm, I'm certain there, there was a part of me that sensed the sense of relief in my mom. Yeah. 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 Um, 
And I certainly felt her when we got back to the States. Yeah. Um, in terms of how she picked us up and just got it done, mm-hmm. you know. Um, she went to work as a social worker immediately. Um, in Sacramento? In Sacramento for the yeah. Sacramento County Department of Social Welfare. Um, and then uh, held down that job and while going to night school to get uh, her MSW. Oh, wow. Um, while putting three kids through Catholic school. Wow. By herself. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's right. You were Catholic. Yeah. I read that. Yeah. yeah. I was Catholic. Were you full bore altar boy? I was, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Couldn't wait to be an altar boy. Couldn't yeah. wait to be confirmed. Yeah. Couldn't wait to, join, to, to, to enter the seminary. Oh, really? You were going to go to the priesthood? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. And what happened? I, Cause you're, I don't know if you know, you're not a priest. I, you know, um, you're right. Uh, <laughs> um, but some days I feel like one. Um, <laughs> I, and and have I, I haven't played one on TV. Oh, really? Yeah, that's I, interesting. You know what? I have not played one on TV. I am not TV. a Catholic. I have played a priest at least five You've times. You've got the face of at an least, Irish Catholic priest. I guess priest. that's what you it really is. You really do. Yeah. You've got the face of an, yeah. of, of an ex-altar boy turned alcoholic. People want to confess to me. That's yeah. why I'm here in, in this room right now. <laughs> Um, yeah, I entered the Catholic seminary at 13. Wow. Yeah. I was, I, how do I was you do either. that? How do you get into the seminary at 13? I, I mean, I'm not aware of, and you're, it was, so that's it like was, a priest track at yeah, age 13. Yeah, wow. Yeah, yeah. It was, it was high school and seminary studies. Wow. Simultaneously. Boarding and, school. And your mom was all for it. Yeah. All for it. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And she was. Well, I had been talking about being a priest since I was eight. So. Wow. What was it about it that appealed to you? Ooh. Um, I suppose on, on a real basic level there, it was structure mm-hmm. in, in my world where my world felt like it was falling apart. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the, the Catholic mass, the liturgy itself is really theatrical. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the vestments, um, what the, the raiments, what the priest wears. It's beautiful. I'm beautiful. There's I a mean, famous the in- old Latin mass that there was mystery and yeah. circumstance, um, for, for high ceremony, for, you know, the, the incense and candles. And there's just a lot that I was drawn to mm-hmm. in terms of, uh, of, of the showbiz. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, when I, I was attracted to the play. Whenever you know? I've been uh, as a tourist in, in Europe. You go to churches, You right? go to churches and you look and you think this church is whatever, 400 years old. And you think there was literally open sewage in the street. Right. And then you could come into this magical place. Right. That was, by the, the way, built, designed and built in order to put you in a state of awe yeah. and reverence. Right. Right. Showbiz. Showbiz. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So. And it takes you out of your life. You yeah. go in there and you're, and you're transported, you know. I think that showbiz and, 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 and religion um, have, have a lot in common in mm-hmm. that. Um, they are essential and elemental to the life and health of a community, mm-hmm. right? You have to have art and, and you have to believe in something. Yeah. Um, and a lot of people believe in, in – a lot of people put that – put religion in charge of that aspect of their lives. Um, and so I, I had an opportunity to really examine uh, organized religion from an inside perspective mm-hmm. and, um, and, and then walk away from it. Yeah. Having felt like I got everything I needed from it. Yeah. And you just became disillusioned with sort of 
Well, it wasn't the so much. The absoluteness of it, maybe? No, I was not disillusioned as, as, as much as I felt like I was becoming educated. Yeah. More, more aware of the possibilities that existed in the world beyond Catholic dogma. Yeah. And belief. Yeah, yeah. There's just more out there that yeah. I felt like I needed to check out. Yeah. Yeah. That's always, I mean, from, a, I remember from confirmation class, and we had a very, I, it was congregational church, which is very sort of, for the small town, United Church of Christ, for the small town I went to, it was a very kind of liberalish dogma. Where'd you grow up? In Yorkville, Illinois. Yorkville, Illinois. And how uh, far north of? It's west there? of Chicago. It's about. It's, oh, is it really? Yeah, it's about an hour west of Chicago. Okay. In those days, it was rural, mm-hmm. and now it's kind of been swallowed up by the sort of metropolis. It's more sort of now a bedroom community of, for the city of, of Chicago. Of Chicago. Oh, it's that yeah. close, like Kankakee close. Uh, closer than Kankakee, actually. Wow. Yeah, okay. yeah. Like I say, it's about an hour. It's okay. about if you get on the highway, it's about an hour into the city. Right. And but when I grew up, there wasn't anybody commuting into the city. Mm. And now I think there are people that commute into the city from there because, as you know, it, it was cheap real estate. Yeah. And people started buying. Yeah. yeah. People started buying houses out there, and mm-hmm. you know, there were literally three stoplights in town when I was a kid. Wow. When we got a McDonald's. People, there were there were a hundred people waiting outside for it to open because we finally had a McDonald's. You know, it was I remember when, when our local McDonald's opened in 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 Sacramento, South Sac. It was it was big news. It's a big deal. It was a big deal. <laughs> and that was what. And I mean, and that was sometimes as a high schooler. Saturday night was go sit in the parking lot of GD McDonald's and just sit around. You know, it was something to do. That's small town life. Yeah. But um, yeah, I just I remember in my confirmation thinking. Wait a minute. This how do you know that this is the the you know mm-hmm. that just like oh no our particular brand mm-hmm. of this which to me was so obvious trying to figure out the universe a very sort of human kind of mechanism mm-hmm. to Im- impose order on this and to impose like well there's got to be somebody in charge. I think most religion is is an attempt at that. Yeah. Unitarianism is is actually very ecumenical. Right. Uh, and, and it's like that's their point is yeah. everybody yeah. everybody's got a point. Yeah. You know? That's right. Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah. I love that. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I love a too. religion that doesn't claim to be the <laughs> right, only exactly. one that counts. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Whereas like Catholicism is the opposite. The opposite. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like uh, yeah. my way or the highway, yeah. you know, Pretty so too much. Yeah. And 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 the rules are strict. Yes. I mean, no meat on Fridays. Yeah. No meat on Fridays. I what? Know. I know. But wait, know. come on. <laughs> I mean, I like a cheese sandwich as much as the next right, guy. Right, right. But really? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. And especially, well, you know, are you getting good fish in Sacramento? <sighs> no, because fish on Fridays meant fish sticks. Yes, yes. Yeah, in Illinois, it was like, what? What are we gonna get? Well, well there was the lake fish, but you know, it was like, but it wasn't. It wasn't. Yeah. There's not good. Fish, real or there wasn't in those days. Uh, <laughs> well, now, d- uh, how was your dad? How did he feel about about your seminary experience? Oh, he wasn't a part of my life at that point. Oh, he wasn't. Oh. No, when we came home from Germany, that was basically the. Last oh, he time. stayed. He stayed. No, he he moved to Florida. He came oh. back to California very briefly, but then he he sort of disappeared. Yeah, for a while. And was he gone in your life he was. at that point? Yeah, yeah. for a long. Uh, did you ever reconnect? He con- he he reached out after Roots. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah that happens, yeah. doesn't it? Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah, and was that tough? It it has been. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And how did you? Well, we're jumping around. Here, I'm in like, process with it. Yeah, still, I, I go in and out. Yeah, I go, yeah. I got to. I go in and out. 
It's it's hard. It's not easy. It's hard. It, yeah. It's really not easy. Yeah. Because you want to forgive, but it's hard to forget. Yeah. And you got to protect yourself. I mean, I, you know, I have a very problematic relationship with my father and we haven't spoken in about 10 years. And it's just sort of is what it is. It is what it is. And you think, oh, all kinds of contingencies of, well, what if this happens and what if that happens? But it comes back to, yeah, but there's still a basic conflict Mm. that is not getting resolved Mm -hmm. and that every time I check in on it, Mm. it's it's, hasn't moved. It's not getting better. Mm -hmm. So it's sort of like, well, sometimes acceptance is the pathway to peace. And you have to, I mean, at a certain point too, depending on the fathering that you got you as a man, you have to be your own father. You know, you have to kind of, I think that's true. If you don't, I mean, unless you, unless you're, but I mean, it's, Parenting is a tough thing. Yep. And if you're if you're lucky enough to have a mother or a father that really, really loves you. Loves and you invests and invests and does you. and does it the right way yeah. in good faith yeah. where because to me the whole thing about parenting is that you're working towards your own obsolescence. Sure. You're and it's really it's really <laughs> it's, a difficult job. It, it, and it's yeah. hard. It's hard like I always say, my mom was really great with me and my brother. Well, I have she has two sets of kids. My brother and me are from her first marriage. Wow. And then she had my brother and sister who are twins nine years when I was nine. Wow. So with my brother and me, she was very sort of go out and live your life and do whatever you want to do. And then as my younger brother and sister were kind of getting to the point where they're out of the house, I feel like she's like, whoa, wait a minute. Where are y'all going? Somebody somebody get back here and stick around. I don't like the idea of everybody clearing out. Everybody. Yeah, gone. wait, wait. Yeah, yeah. I was, yeah that, when I said go do what you want, there were still a couple around. Now, right. I, you know. Yeah. So, well, then what happens after? Do you think that that, that your, your shift from seminary mm-hmm. and – to show business is just the natural one that I would, that it seems to be kind of. It the, is. Yeah. It was for me. Yeah. It was for me. I, th- I, re- I remember very distinctly uh, being at St. Pius and, and really questioning um, my vocation. Yeah. Right? Which yeah, I, yeah. which I honestly believe I had had since a very early age, eight, o'clock, eight, eight years old. Yeah. And trying to figure out what, so now what, now yeah. that, now that, that, that the bloom is off the rose. And what age is this? I'm uh, 15. Yeah. Now what do I do with the rest of my life? What a yeah. question to, for a 15-year-old to be right, asking. Right, exactly. But that, that's, you know, that's where I was. And theater arts yeah. was the answer. Now, I also, because it just, I'm, it occurs to me, at 15, how much does the notion of a life of celibacy yeah, that that be, that that that. Well, that was one of the. I mean, one when of you're the, eight, one the, of the sticking points. C- celibacy is like yeah. what? What does yeah. that mean? Yeah. But, but when you're yeah. fifteen, yeah, I I will not lie to you. I'm gonna be absolutely honest. Yeah, I was really having a difficult time with that. Yeah, yeah. It just didn't. It just didn't make. It was making less and less sense. It to, doesn't to make the point sense. Where it it doesn't no make sense. sense. At all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It yeah. still doesn't really. Yeah, right. Make it any it sense. doesn't. And I don't. I, you know, I haven't done the research, but I I know it was it was it was some Vatican decree based on some guy's idea of what would be a good idea. Yeah. And, and now it's you know almost I also, inviolate. I always I always think about like sort of the 
like the re- religious restrictions on eating pork mm-hmm. was mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. yeah, at a time when you would notice that people would eat pork yeah. and they died. They die so because there was like, no refrigeration. Hey, you know what? God says we shouldn't eat that thing, uh, you, know? you know? And then I, and I also assume like at some point, because I'm sure it was like venereal disease yeah. and pregnancies. Yeah. And it's like yeah. somebody at the Catholic Church is like, you know what? Let's just eliminate nip, nip that, that the, in the yeah, bud. Yeah. Yeah. Right. yeah. And just say, God wants you to keep it in your pants. I think that's how they put it. You know what? I, I, I wouldn't be surprised. And, and, <laughs> we, and your... we see how successful that is. Yes. Keep it in your vestments. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so how does, uh, so when do you, st- are, are you, st- were you doing plays in school? Yes, uh, I was. Concurrent. Immediately. Yeah, yeah. Immediately. Yeah. From, yeah, from yeah. freshman year on, I was bitten. I yeah, was bitten. Yeah. I, my first role was, uh, was a character called Reber in Mr. Rogers. I had one line. Oh, wow. I had one line. Um, but I was hooked. Yeah, yeah. I was hooked. Was yeah. was your did your school do sort of more highbrow productions or uh, we kind did, of more uh, silly stuff? No, we did we did a combination. There was we did a passion play every year. Oh wow. Um and then we did a comedy. Are, I love that. Oh. You know, like I say, I'm not religious, but I am a sucker for the passion play for every Jesus movie. I love that story. I could hear that story a million it's times. It's a pretty good story. It's a fantastic story. Right. Yeah. Carpenter goes becomes savior of the world. Revolutionary, comes back from the dead. Right? Uh, what? It's good. That's yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. talk and about says, superheroes. Yeah, and says there's one God. You know, I yeah. mean you know, right. Judaism had monotheism, yeah. but it's like yeah. this was a new version with a human representative. Like, wow, we definitely revolutionary. Good one. Yeah, yeah. Very, very, very yeah. revolutionary. Um, yeah. And so did you, uh, did you go to college then for? Yeah. 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 I, um, I left Sacramento in 1974, mm-hmm. uh, to come to Los Angeles. Okay. With a full scholarship to study theater, uh, at USC. Nice. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's great. It was. Now, did you have to audition for that? I did. Yeah. 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 I had to get, audition to get into the program, um, which I did. Yeah. And, uh. And off I went. That's fantastic. Yeah. Now, did you, was it just theater, 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 theater. theater. Alex, mean, Alex, some, some kind of, do you have to take some math? You know? Um, uh, well, in order to carry a full load, which was a requisite for me in order to maintain my scholarship, I had to take a certain number of credits. Um, I had five, I had five, I had five drama classes for nine units and I, and a full load was 18. Wow. Yeah. So, so you had to fill it I in had to with, fill it in when, with, 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 with history and no, <laughs> <laughs> five PEs. <laughs> if only. Yeah. Um, no, it was, it was, it was humanities, mm-hmm. uh, English and, and history philosophy. Yeah. Yeah. And was from going from a seminary school to mm. going away to college. Not just college. Yeah. University of Southern California. Yeah, yeah. Blonde Central. Yeah, USA. Yeah. yeah it was like, what? what? Now, what foreign planet have I dropped into? Now, w- did you feel some sense of acceptance or was it a continuation of the still kind of feeling it othered? By the time you get to college, you, you really have become adept, I think, as a human being at finding your tribe. Yeah. And in, in, theater, in the theater world, I found my tribe. Yeah, I found yeah. people who were liberal-minded, people who were artistically inclined, yeah. uh, people for, for whom, you know, the, the, the endemic racism, sexism and classism that is America, really, it, it wasn't a part of our daily discourse. Mm, yeah. It, it wasn't even a part of how we related to each other. Right, exactly. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. So it was a real respite. It was, you know, college is meant to be a bubble in which you can find yourself. Yep. And that's exactly what it was for me. And that is too. It is like, 
especially at that age. Yeah. I mean, depending on your personality, you can you can be aware of injustice, but it's you're trying to live your life. Yeah. So it's like find people that just aren't practicing that. It's which you is know, not to say that I didn't have a political consciousness. I mean, no, I know, but you know, we're talking about the Vietnam War era. Yeah, yeah. You know, civil rights. What year, what year is this? Um, well, when you start college, I started college in seventy four. Oh, okay. So we we had just. I mean, when I was in school, it was it was when I was in elementary school and junior high school. Um, well, going back to elementary school. Yeah. Elementary school, Kennedy was shot. Um, and in middle school, uh, King was shot and then Kennedy. Wow. Again. Yeah. And that was, that was normal for a while. Yeah. Yeah. That was normal. That was my normal. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm 10 years younger than you. So I, I was vaguely aware of all of that stuff, but it was like, you know, like I remember, I have a distinct memory of watching, uh, helicopters being pushed off of aircraft carriers mm-hmm. at the on the news yep. at the end of Vietnam, of, of Vietnam right. and that to me was like the notion that and what was that 70 it was uh 70 no it was 70 let's see nixon was re-elected in the 74 fall of Hanoi, yeah right uh, so that was uh 76 76 70, oh, okay 70, yeah. yeah 75 76 yeah so right. i was 10 i guess yeah, yeah. and um and just f- realizing, okay, there's an end to this war yeah. that I've heard about, but wasn't you know it wasn't real to me yeah. because I just was you know young. And, it was you know. it was real to me because yeah. I, I had friends who had brothers who were were there or had come home, and I was staring down the barrel at at the draft myself. Oh, wow. when the war ended. Wow. Yeah. And college. Actually, you know what? No. So I when I graduated, the war. When I graduated, yeah, I remember graduating. So the war was over in like seventy four. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't. I'm. I, I'm terrible. But that that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Then that that and that we had the election and 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 the, and then Nixon resigned in yeah. disgrace. But that yeah. that whole thing that the unwinding of Watergate that took a couple of years. Yeah, that took yeah. a couple of years. So uh, you go through school. Yeah. You're well, in- no, I'm I'm a sophomore. Oh, really? At USC. Yeah. Yeah. And um, uh, one day a, a bulletin is, is posted on the, the call board um, and an announcement was made. I, I remember being in, in a classroom in, 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 in the drama department building um, and uh, one of the professors came in and made an announcement that a friend of his uh, was involved in um, the casting. Uh, they were looking for young black men to audition for a mini series uh, called Roots. Um, and there were three of us, mm-hmm. three young black men, uh, in the department at the time, <laughs> in the drama, <laughs> drama school. <laughs> wow, your chances are good. One was a dancer, Bill Brown, who, yeah. who, who was out and proud. Yeah. And so there were two, um, yeah, and, yeah. and we went down and, uh, and I got asked to come back. I, I got a call back and, and, uh, then I, I, I read a couple of times, um, I read for the director, David Green, as a part of the process. March 27th, 1976, I was screen tested. Uh, and then the, the screen test went back and forth from the offices of ABC in Los Angeles and New York. And no one wanted to, no one wanted to pull the trigger on casting the kid who was in college who had never acted professionally before. Right, right. Um, had you had auditions at this point because no. you're in L.A.? You Roots had... was my first professional first, audition. Wow. Yeah. 
I mean, I was because I was, you know, in college. I was, yeah, yeah. And the chairman of the department at that time, a man named Alex Siegel, uh, who came from directing live TV, uh, was adamantly against actors in drama school. Um, Getting jobs. Uh, even auditioning in, in, in for television and film. I mean, yeah. you know, theater is theater and, and, and that's something else. I see. And he came from television, I guess. So it was, it was. So if in the summertime you wanted to go do summer stock somewhere, that would have that been That would have okay. been great. But, okay. but they, they, he really, he really frowned upon, upon all of that stuff. Yeah. Um, getting an agent, having pictures taken, you know, all of that, that stuff that this town is about. Of course. Right. Um, Anyway, um, they they finally. How old are you? Are you nineteen? I'm, I'm nineteen. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, so we were doing. So I had a lead in the spring musical at USC. We do a, mus- a musical every every spring, and that mm-hmm. year we were doing Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. Um, and I played Ali Hakim. Oh yeah, the Persian rug dealer. The Persian rug dealer. Yeah. yeah. Um, and and the director Andy Tennant played Will Parker and uh, Madeline Smith, who starred opposite John Travolta in Urban Cowboy, played Ada Annie. Oh wow. Yeah. Um, kind of wacky i just saw, i just saw the new york production of it yeah it, yeah it's fantastic it, it, it's a really it, it's a great show yeah you know um when when they did a revival i saw it in in london when he uh hugh jackman did it mm-hmm. it was many years ago like 15 20 yeah it holds up i mean it's you know it's americana yeah yeah you know it well i mean this new production it's I was surprised because I had only seen the movie. I'd never ah, seen. I'd never seen a production of it. Right, and I thought they must have made some changes to the book about just because how complicated it is and how like morally complicated mm-hmm. all of the characters mm-hmm. are. Mm-hmm. And I thought, mm-hmm. I it, I just felt like, well, when it was written, it was it meant to be so morally complicated. It's dark, or was it kind of Oklahoma, simplistic? Okla- you know? Oklahoma is dark. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's 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 a Surrey with a fringe on top, right? But there's poor Judd is dead. Too. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and like, and you know, and and the hero goes to talk to the peeping Tom weirdo and says, "Be a shame if you hung yourself, Hello? hanged yourself, like." That's like, that's not very heroic. Let's sing a song. Yeah. And then at the end, at the end, he gets killed. And it's like, who's going to stop these kids on their wedding night? Just who's going to let a little murder get in the way of. Oh, it's a weird show. But anyway, uh, that's our side. That's our Oklahoma sidebar here. Uh, but so what happens? You have to drop out? You, no. Well, oh, um, or do you just schedule routes around? Th- this is April. Yeah. I left uh, for location in May. Uh, the term was out in June. Which is Georgia? Is that where it was? Georgia, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so the, 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 that term was out in June. Um, uh, when we finished shooting uh, over the summer, I, I, I went back in September. Um, then the the press machine started up. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, and, and then- Oh, it, that must have been just- It was thrilling. Thrilling, but also stressful, I would think, to nah. try and be in school. Oh, really? I, You're just so young and happy. I, yeah, yeah. I, I really, at that point, I wasn't too much focused on school. <laughs> okay. I'm going to be honest with you. Right, right, right. I, 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 this other thing over here in my life was yeah, really, yeah. Yeah. it had all of my attention. Yeah. Wait, I want to go back to you going, 19-year-old, mm. showing up on set. Mm-hmm. With Cicely Tyson, mm-hmm. Maya Angelou. That was my first day of acting. Uh, how do you, I mean, are you scared shitless? Yes. Are, yeah. And? Do you feel like a phony? Do you feel like yeah. imposter syndrome? Yes. Yeah, well, that's wow. been my whole life. <laughs> well, don't tell everybody that Well, now. it's true. Yeah, no, I know. I know this. I have the same thing. I 
constantly am like, how did, how did, what? How am I, wait, they're paying me yeah. to do this? Okay, I guess, you know. But here we are. Yeah. I One of my very early lessons in show business was I was in a very silly show. I got to meet an agent in New York City based on this dumb show that I felt was like just, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't Moliere, you know, but it's like, you should go see this agent. And I sat, went and ta- sat across from her and talked to her for about an hour. Mm-hmm. And then she said, let me get on the phone. She started calling network casting people, New York casting people and telling him, oh, this kid's fantastic. No, he's not just a funny guy. He can do it all. And I thought, oh my God, it's all horseshit. It's all just like. It's all fronting. It's all and and I had this feeling and from when I started going on auditions and feeling that completely illegitimate mm. as I go in there like mm-hmm. oh, I do not deserve to be here. How aren't they going to figure out I don't know what I'm doing. I'm just winging it. And then I thought no, they don't know that. They don't know that. So why not just, you Act know, as if. It, yeah, yeah, it would be it would be I felt at the time almost rude to not match their expectations of me being legitimate. That's, like, look, if you're wow. going to think I'm legitimate. And I'm going to rise. I'm going to step yeah, up. I'm going to, I'm not going to deny yeah. you your, your, your opinion of me. <laughs> I'm going to say, sure. Why not? You know? Yeah. Yeah. So how, what is that like on that first day? Uh, do they, are, is, are people aware of how green you are? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody is. Yeah. 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 And they're nice and they're. Yeah. Oh, very. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, and there was a certain amount of, well, y- y- he must be okay. They, right. they cast they, him. Yeah. 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 New York and LA both said yes. New York, New York and LA both said yes. I mean, the the process was they 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 began in LA and then they went on a road tour. They went to Chicago, they went to New York, and then they came back. And they hadn't they hadn't found their Kunta yet. And you're just sitting there waiting. Uh, this was before they even got to me. The oh, reason they, I see. The reason that announcement was made in that class that day at USC is because they had. They had exhausted all the means of finding professional wow. talent, and they were really they were beating the bushes. Yeah, yeah. Right. Um, they, I think they 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 put the call out to all the local colleges, UCLA, uh, Cal Arts, and USC to those those yeah. three programs, and um, that's where I came from. That's fantastic. Yeah. Now, do you th- does that cause unreal expectations of like? Oh, the showbiz thing is mm-hmm. is a breeze, mm-hmm. and you mm-hmm. probably find out that it's not. It's not. Yeah. Right. When does that like what happens that that like? Well, I imagine there's a roots, there's a fervor. Yeah, and there's a juggernaut that goes on for a couple of years. Yeah. Probably. So yeah. so so the fall semester started. Um, I registered, and then the promo machine sort of wound itself up. Um, and through October, by November, I was in full-on Roots promotion mm-hmm. mode. Um, when did it air? What time of year? January of 1977. Oh, so it so wasn't we, even out it yet. It wasn't and out. They, wow. No, 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 no. Wow, no. It wow. wasn't out yet. Yeah, yeah. Um, but the book had been released by that time. Oh, and, so the book wasn't out before you no, were auditioning. Bef- so you no. didn't even know what it was about. I I. I knew who Alex Haley was. Yeah. I had read the autobiography of Malcolm X the year before. Yeah, yeah. And Alex co-wrote that book with Malcolm X. Yeah. Um, So I was, I was, I I knew who he was. Which is another- Fantastic writer, yeah. But throughout my life, I've been able to look back now that I'm where I am and really see the- the road and the forks and the events that have really shaped who I became. Mm -hmm. And- 
And all along the way, when I look back, I see these moments that seem randomly coincidental that I interpret as being absolutely um, essential mm-hmm. and and important, meaningful, not to be overlooked moments. Like auditioning for Roots, finding out about the project and that it was written by Alex Haley and knowing who that man was. You know, when I look back on that, I think that's a sign. That's a sign that I was in the right place at the right time. Yeah. Right? Those moments are so important to all of us. Mm-hmm. And it's just... Whenever we can acknowledge them, right? Because I think we're all looking to be on the path of what our destiny is. Yeah. And I believe we all have a destiny. We all have something that we're here to accomplish. And as soon as you can align yourself to that, discover what it is and then align yourself to it, the better. Yeah. Right? So I was I I was certainly young. Um but confident in my abilities, mm-hmm. I, you know, I, I felt like I knew what I was doing. I felt like this was a character that I understood mm-hmm. absolutely mm-hmm. without, without question. Um, and so I had a sort of confidence that, yeah. that helped me sell that I belonged. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You know what I yeah. mean? Uh, and it helped quell that voice in the back of my head saying, you're an imposter. Yeah. You're going to find out soon. How important is it to you to get the affirmation of like the director and the and, other actors? And, I mean, it's, it's, it, it's feedback, important feedback, critical feedback that lets you know, informs you that you're on the right path, that you're in the right place, and yeah, that you're yeah. doing the right things. Yeah. We're all looking for positive biofeedback. Yeah. Right? I find it so vital because I just feel like I can't – I almost – in some ways, when it comes to – Your own work? Yeah. I feel like I trust other people. If More they than te- you trust yourself? Yeah, yeah. Because I'm too close to what I'm doing. So when somebody says, you're doing a good job, I have to go, okay. Yeah. I, I trust you. You know, it depends on the person sure. too. It de- I have to trust the person's judgment. Yeah. But yes, you do. I always find, because otherwise I just don't, it's too hard to, especially when you're the product. Yeah. You're right. selling this product and you are the product. Yeah. I just, it's always, it's always weird too when people direct themselves in something. Mm. I'm always like, how do you? How you, you compartmentalize? Yeah, because I, I, I've done it. Have you done that? I do it. I do it all the time. Yeah, yeah. Um, I compartmentalize. Do you you get notes from other people, like on your performance, or do you just kind of, at this point, know yourself well enough to know? I know myself pretty well. Yeah, pretty well. Now, now the the times when I've directed myself um, have been in Star Trek. Mm-hmm. So that's a character that I know intimately well, and yeah. I don't need notes or adjustments, maybe a suggestion or an idea. Yeah. But, you know, I know who that guy is. Sure. Um, so it makes it easy to compartmentalize yeah. in that way. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I just, I feel like I'd need somebody I trust yeah. to be watching a, and an say- An objective eye. Yeah, yeah. do that yeah. again. Yeah. You know, you yeah. can do better. You're, or, you're right. If I were if I yeah. were to, to step into a, a, a completely unfamiliar character, I would want an objective eye. Yeah, yeah. yeah absolutely. Want to make mom's day? Get to your Nordstrom Rack now and score amazing deals for Mother's Day, which is Sunday, May 12th. Find tons of gifts from only $30 at Nordstrom Rack. Fragrance, jewelry, luxury bags, activewear, beauty, and more. 
Save on Kate Spade, New York, Stuart Weitzman, and Ted Baker, London. Great brands, great prices. So shop your Nordstrom Rack store today and treat mom to the good stuff from just $30. Start clean with Clorox because Clorox delivers a powerful clean every time. Because messes happen. Because... Oh, the charcoal mask, great, because why would I put that on my face when I could drop it in my sink? This is what I get for multitasking. Ugh, why is charcoal so sticky? <clears throat> Hello? Hey, Janice, I am so sorry. I thought I was on mute. <laughs> no, we don't need to reschedule. I'll just stay off camera. Ooh, yeah, that happens. So start clean with Clorox. Use Clorox products as directed. Life is a highway. And on it, there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. So go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network. So whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. Can't you tell my love's a-growing? Now, what happens when Roots comes out? I mean... <laughs> It's, you gotta, it's, I mean, how soon b- before you can't go to the grocery store? I was actually in the grocery store when it happened the first time. Wow. Yeah. And there, and, and, and there, my picture here was on L- the cover. Here in LA? No, this was, this was, uh, the day after night one. No, it was the day after night two. It was because yeah. I, I, I watched night one here in Los Angeles, then drove up to watch night two with my family in Sacramento. Oh, that's nice. So, that must've been. Oh, it was awesome. Oh my God. Awesome. I can only imagine. Yeah. And so it was the morning after night two. Um, and I'm in the grocery store. My picture's on the cover of TV Guide magazine, and 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 the checker um, recognizes me. And and pretty soon there's a crowd. Wow. Yeah. And it, how, it, is it exciting? Is it weird? Is it scary? Yeah. Is it all those all of things. That. Yeah, all of that. yeah. All of that. All of that. Yeah. Yeah. It is strange to be to feel looked at. You know, to be to go through your whole life yeah. just being another person, and then all of a sudden you feel you can see the heads turning and stuff. And yeah. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. and like the amount of it that I get is very manageable and very nice and very comfortable because mm-hmm. you know people. If people know me, they obviously they they probably like me. You know, they. I think that's know, universally e- true. Yeah, and known about you. Well, thank you, but I mean, but it's not. I'm not like, you know. Tom Hanks, who just like everybody knows Tom Hanks because yeah. he's part of the culture. Right. You know, that's right. And everybody so, loves him. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But at that point, you're part of the culture. Well, um, be- immediately. Uh, yes. Yeah. I, yeah. 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 Because yeah. that was the biggest television yeah. event yeah. ever yeah, at that point. Yeah. yeah it was. It wow. Was. Yeah. And are you aware of that? When? Yes. Acutely. Immediately. Uh, immediately. Yeah. yeah. Acutely aware. Okay. Yeah, I mean, yeah. but, but I mean, yeah. Its impact was immediate yeah. its impact was instant on the nation yeah it grabbed america by the throat and it didn't let go for I rem- eight nights and i then, remember yeah and then it was it was the national obsession and then genealogy became the yep. big it, pastime it it the word roots be, took on a different meaning mm-hmm. in in the lexicon of and language it just was it was a it was a moment yeah 
I like to say about about Roots, it was the one time I can remember when there was one America. Yeah. Wow. I think so. Yeah. There was one America. We were all engaged in the same thing at the same time, and we were all impacted. Um, some some of us differently than others, but we were all in the soup. Yeah. Together. Yeah. Yeah. And also, it's for what it. What it represented culturally in the depiction of slavery. Well, see, that's that's. I mean, that's good. The thing. You know, before that, it's all this romantic "Gone with the yeah, Wind" shit. Right. You know. Yeah. And and all of a sudden, it's like, oh no! It was time to take the blinders off. Yeah, right? like this is this is what this is this is what it was. This is what we're built on. Right. You know, people still can't fucking accept people it. People still they have still, a difficult yeah. time wrapping themselves. Like, why do you have to bring it? that up? Well, because because <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty fucking formative. Yeah. yeah. Why are you still crying about what happened? You know, two hundred years ago. Yeah. Because it's still it's still happening. happening yeah, yeah. It's a continuation. And it's not crying. Yeah. It's yeah. not crying. Yeah. It's, yeah. It, it's, it's, it's just, yeah. Noting, noting a problem for a lot of people, yeah. you know, being honest about a, about a situation for a lot of people is. Well, I think the pushback stems from the, the, the acknowledged or unacknowledged truth that deep down inside, you really don't feel that the other People of color or women or immigrants, you don't feel like they deserve what you deserve. Mm-hmm. That's the bottom line. Absolutely. No, it's it. Well, and I mean, this isn't anything that, I, that you know, I didn't invent this notion. But, you know, racism has been a wonderful way to keep poor white people mm. from getting angry at rich white people. Mm. It's really, it's a very effective tool. When really, wielded by, really handy. It was developed and implemented by people in power looking to yeah. um, maintain yeah. that, that, that their hold on power. Right. Right. Well, anyway, yeah. Racism. Yeah. It's a bummer. There's that. Yeah. Um, now how, uh, what, what, what is your life like after roots? I mean, after it's sort of, <laughs> dies down a little. I mean, what? Well, that's when the, that, that, do you, do that's when go, the real living. Do you go set crazy? In. No. Like, I, I, was I there? Are you so. not that type where you? No. It was wine, women, and song. And, oh, that kind of crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I went yeah. a little crazy. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you're 20, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah. I'm 20. I'm on. I'm. I'm 20. I'm on the. The cover of Time magazine. You can't even drink legally, right? Oh my God, that's hilarious. Yeah, yeah. 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 But I bet you, I bet you could get served. Oh God, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Who's going to turn down Kunta Kinte? Right. Well, I had ID. Oh, you did. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. See, that's yeah. fake ID. Um, my, my kid has one. I'm like, I, right. Let's go. I mean, Come if on. you're clever enough to get one Come and on. ballsy enough to, yeah. to to have it work, yeah. There's actually, I've heard there's a uh, there are there's I think there's. I think it's a couple in Los Angeles that, really? like, their living for years has been <laughs> to provide making, high school making students. fake IDs <laughs> for LA high school students. That's a series. I know. I want to see that show on Absolutely. television. Absolutely. And, uh, and they're they're pretty good. I they're, bet. Yeah. I, I bet. Yeah, yeah. You you don't make a living on mm-hmm. it by sucking at no, it. No, you don't. So ah. yeah, yeah. No, I re- actually, man, that'd be fun. To, that would be fun to sort of like. Find those people. Now, that's a podcast. That's right. That's yeah, yeah. a podcast. Talk to those people. Right. Um, so, what, I mean, how soon, what, what, what kind of work is happening after? Uh, TV after movies. Uh, TV movies. Yeah, a lot of stuff. Movies of the week, yeah. Do you uh, finish school? 
No. Oh, you just stopped. I, I, I got on the surfboard and I was determined yeah, to ride it until sure, the, sure. the wave petered out. Yeah. Well, and if the point is to become a working actor, you were a working actor. I was actor. a working actor. Yeah. And that was the point. I mean, I, my, my, my plan was to, to graduate with a BFA and then move to New York and hustle my way on the stage. Yeah. But I'll, 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 I'll take the, the path that right. was put in front of me. Have you done a lot of uh, stage work? A little since then, or yeah, not? Yeah, not, yeah, not a whole lot. Yeah. Not a whole lot. I mean, is that a regret life. or is is it okay? I'm not done. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I've no, got no time. No, I know, I know. But I mean, but you know that because they, especially for someone that's coming so much from that theater yeah. background to then work so heavily in yeah. film and television, yeah. uh, you know, I just, I just found it a, 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 a satisfying medium in, in, in terms of being able to make a difference. Yeah. Oh, that's true. Yeah, that is true. As a, a, a I recognized the, the reach is so much The reach is so much so greater broader, than, yeah. than, than, than the impact is so much more broad. You can have a, some impact being in the pulpit every week or being on a Broadway stage eight times a week. But when you have a camera and an audience of millions, that's, yeah. that's a powerful potential ministry. Absolutely. Absolutely. No, and it's, and it's not to be squandered. No, I don't see I, exactly. Yeah. I, I feel very strongly that it is not to be squandered. Yeah. That it's, it is an opportunity to, to really lean into and yeah. cherish and, and to, to have a very significant sense of responsibility around. Right. While still entertaining. You know, oh, you God, can't, that's the yeah, job. That's you, can't, the, you can't be a preacher. No, you know? no, yeah. no. You got to be can, sneaky. You can certainly infuse um, messages. Yeah. Um, well, you, that's, you know, I have Twitter followers, I, you know, and, and I talk about politics on Twitter yeah. and people are like, why are you, uh, you know, it's usually people that disagree with me. Why are you potentially alienating half of the people? It's like, well, because I got people listening and I think yeah. there's some important things that need to be said that are at least, you know, and, and it's all my opinion. It's my it's my goddamn Twitter feed. I'm going to do with it what I want. And being in show business does not mean I surrender my citizenship. That's right. That's right. <laughs> and yeah, and I got to live here and uh, I got kids. And I have to live with myself. Yeah. And it's and it, yeah, and there's a lot of. A lot of fucked up shit going on that, that needs that, to be that needs to be talked about. Yeah, it needs to be it, and just talked about. Yeah, so yeah. many people just don't even don't want even to want talk to talk about, about it. it. Yeah, no. yeah. Not not only does it need to be talked about, it needs to be challenged. Yeah, right. Yeah. Now, when does does Reading Rainbow happen before Star, Star Trek? Trek? Yeah, it yeah. Does. yeah. How does Reading Rainbow come about? I, I had done a, a television series for PBS for kids called Rebop that mm-hmm. was produced by uh, GBH WGBH yep, in Boston. In Boston yeah. yeah. Um, so I'd had a little experience as a PBS children's series host. Yeah. Um, I was in New York. Was that a reading show? It was a, no, it wasn't actually. Uh, Rebop was, um, a show's terrific little show. It, it was, uh, two profiles in every episode of, of children. Um, let's say a, a kid growing up on a ranch in Montana and, uh, a kid growing up in Florida who is a, 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 a diver. Right? Oh wow! And so yeah, the, yeah. the idea is by 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 exploring their daily life, you know, you get a sense of of kids in different places from mm-hmm. where you are, but the similarities between them and and you and the and the differences. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So I did a couple of seasons of that, and um. Apparently they were they were putting the show together. They were, they were at the point where they were looking for a host. They were going to shoot the pilot. They had a, a a plan to shoot it 
in the, in the near term. I was in New York on my way to Africa, and there used to be a show on on uh, NBC in New York called Live at Five with Sue Simmons. Yeah, and it was uh, a, we were it was across cele- the hall from them. We're, that's right, you were. Yeah, yeah. So it was a celebrity interview in the middle of the five o'clock news. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. And uh, the producers saw me um, and thought. Let's see if we can't find him and talk to him. Um, and so they tracked me down to my hotel. I was on my way to Africa and they pitched it to, to me. To work or just? Uh, I was on my way to do an American sportsman. Oh, cool. And they pitched it to me over the phone. And um, I said, yeah. So I, I, I literally landed a, a, about a month later and then went straight to the set. Wow. To shoot episode one. Is it in Boston? Uh, no, we shot in New York City. In New York City. Yeah, that's what the production company was. Okay. Now- you have become sort of a evangelist for reading. Mm-hmm. Was that a pre-existing condition or was it something that, yeah, 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 yeah. you were always a, a, a reader. My mother was an English teacher. Yeah. Um, I grew up in a house where reading was mandatory. Yeah. Um, and, and once I cracked the code, I was like, I was off and running. Yeah, yeah. Um, I couldn't get enough. Yeah. Couldn't get enough. And, and, and so then the, it was just sort of a natural and then it well, just So here's kinda, the thing, Andy, you know. The Roots experience was one that really opened my eyes in terms of the power of the medium, the sheer power that we have in our hands when we tell these stories. And if you tell a powerful story and if you tell it well, you know, it can have impact. It really can. So that information, that experience really informed when when I had an opportunity to to use the medium for something I really believed in, which Mm -hmm. was to use the opportunity of engagement, television, Mm -hmm. right? And children, it's like they're magnets, right? Yeah. And use that opportunity of engagement to actually promote literature and reading at during a time in their lives when it's really critical, when a child is just learning how to read. And then they take that summer vacation yeah. and the reading and comprehension skills suffer. So Reading Rainbow was designed as a summer gap sort of exercise to keep kids engaged with literature during that three month. That's summer really vacation. ingenious. Yeah, it was. It, yeah, it was, yeah. and and it was really counterintuitive because at the time in the educational community, television was really being discussed solely as the evil empire, mm-hmm. right? To sell cereal and toys, right? And, yeah, right. But PBS was different. PBS was this island of safety and serenity, mm-hmm. right? And so I liked working in that environment. Yeah. That was absent commercial interest and selling shit to kids. Yeah. And you get to feel good about it. I, yeah. I, you do. Because a lot of times you don't feel, <laughs> get to feel so good about what you're doing in show business. Yeah. 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 Because yeah. you, you take a, a job and it's you, a job. Because you got to eat. You yeah, got to, yeah. you know, you, you got to pay the rent. Yeah. And that was how many seasons was? Uh, 26. Wow. Over 26 years yeah, or? Right. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. That's fantastic. Third longest running show in the history of PBS. Wow. Sesame Street, Mr. Rogers, then Meeting Rainbow. That's amazing. That's really got to, among your accomplishments, feel, that's got to be up there. Yeah. Uh, Like, yeah. Yeah. It's important. For the son of an English teacher. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Oh, my God. Oh, I didn't even think about that. Boy, that was probably scored a lot of points with mom. All of the work that I've done in the field of literacy is in honor of my mother, Irma Jean. Yeah. All of it. Yeah, yeah. She she was my first teacher. Um, It was was her example that that turned me into a reader. It was, it was, it was her. She... She was a powerful influence. On, yeah, on that's beautiful. Life. Yeah. 
Now, uh, Star Trek comes along. 1987. 1987. Now, are you you married, having kids during this time? I had a son at the time, but I wasn't married. Yeah, okay. Yeah. And and so, and was was your son around when Reading Rainbow started? I mean. Uh, No, not when it started. Okay. Not when it started. But I mean, I imagine when you're doing that and all of this, and there's a kid involved, then it becomes. Well, yeah. Then, you know, at a a certain age, I began talking to him when I was, uh, you know. Doing the show. Doing the show. Yeah. 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 It, yeah. it really helped me focus on, on you know, talking to one. It becomes person. real. Yeah. 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 Connection. Yeah. So Star Trek comes along. Yeah. And that's, that's another, yeah. you're, you know, you're another, another uh, bust of you in the history of television. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, what's cool about Star Trek is, is there, there are two things. Number one, um, I was, I'm a huge, I love Lucy fan. Uh-huh. And, and I, I followed the career of Desi Arnaz because he was such an innovator. I mean, yeah. Desi was responsible for the three cameras, Precisely. set up for sitcoms. Yeah. Um, he ran the production company, Desi Lou. Yep. Um, he was, he was a real role Innovator. Model. Innovator. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And minority, right? Person of color, really making things happen in America. Yeah. And it was Desi Lou that produced Star Trek. Oh really? Oh I didn't yeah. Even know that. Oh, when Star Trek was was trying to get up and going, they stepped up. Even the they, original. They had the a original deal with Gene Roddenberry. Yeah, wow. yeah, yeah. That's the one that they backed. I was not aware yeah, of that. That's, that's, I guess it's in the credits. Well, it is. That's yeah, yeah. that's now why that it was shot it. at Paramount because that's where their deal was. Yeah, yeah. That's where that's where Desi Liu was. Yeah. When I when I I did my first sitcom, Andy Richter Controls the Universe, was yeah. there. And I used to love that we're doing Star Trek there. I think I think it was the next one, Voyager, uh, yeah, maybe, or, and Deep Space Nine. But just to see Klingons smoking yeah. cigarettes and talking on cell phones <laughs> was just the, the best. fucking best. It's the best. You know? It's the best. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, so there was that. There was the Desi Lu connection to my childhood, but also I was a huge Star Trek fan. Yeah, yeah. Um, Gene Roddenberry's vision of the future was one that I totally embraced because it embraced me. Yeah. So it's it, such a unique show. It's yeah. just like it's 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 so its own thing. Yeah, it it, yeah. it, it, it is. Um, and, and so um, I was thrilled. Yeah, I mean to work with Gene Roddenberry um, on a, a new incarnation of Star Trek. Yeah, are you kidding me? How many years between were was there with the next generation between the next generation and the end of the original? Let's see. The original series was 68, 69 and 70. And uh-huh. th- so it was 17 years. Wow. Right. It's amazing. It took that long. Yeah. You know, well, I think one of the things that helped was the, 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 the they had done Star Trek, the motion picture and that mm-hmm. had done pretty well. And, uh, I think they were shooting the voyage home when we were just getting up and going. Yeah. Um, so there had been some some successful Star Trek movies, yeah, and I think that gave them a lot of comfort in trying to relaunch the franchise, right? And for, then they just went crazy for people to, <laughs> to unlo- you know open the wallet yeah. and let it happen yeah. again, yeah. yeah. And w- that show was a syndicated show, wasn't it? It created first run syndication, yeah. Star Trek: The Next Generation it did wow, it created first run wow. syndication. It was the fr- it was the first time that Paramount was able to put together sort of an ad hoc network by selling all of the ad time um, for this programming that they created. They deficit financed it, and they made uh they well they they created a new business that yeah, yeah. Xena, Hercules, all of that came after Star Trek. Right, right. All of it came after Star Trek. Yeah. 
first run syndication. That's amazing. Yeah. And how many years were you? How many years did it go? We did seven seasons and four movies. That's great. Yeah. That's so cool. Been very, very good to me. I bet. I bet. <laughs> Do you, do you do the fan things? Uh huh. Yeah. I do. Do you yeah. do a lot of them, or I do just some? I don't some. do a yeah, lot. Yeah, yeah. Um, I like doing them when uh, there are a couple of my cast. My cast is very. We're we're very close. That's nice. Um. So uh, I like I like doing it when we can. At least two of us are together. Yeah. Yeah. We don't get to see it'd each other too, as yeah, often. Yeah, and it'd be too. To. I, it would be weird and lonely. I think. To, it, yeah. it, it it can be. I mean, I've 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 done them where I was the only member of my cast, and I, I've I've made friends and and had an opportunity to develop relationships with, um, with 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 people that I really love and admire mm-hmm. uh, over the years, but it's, it's not like doing it with your best friends. Yeah. Yeah. I can imagine. Yeah. Cause you have all that history together and all the shorthand and just, and you know, we just make each other laugh. Yeah. You know, we really do. We, we spend most of our times laughing. When we're yeah. Together. Yeah. Now tell me about your podcast. LeVar Burton reads. Yeah. I love it. I think I it's pretty it. self-explanatory. Uh, in every episode, I read a different piece of short fiction. Mm-hmm. Um, and the only thing the stories have in common is that I love them. And I hope you will too. Do people pitch you stories? All the time. I, All the time. I, I solicit. Oh, that's su- fantastic. Suggest, suggest a short story. Yeah, yeah. I love, I love the form. I love the genre, short fiction. I yeah. lean heavily into science fiction and fantasy because that's, my, that's, that's what I like to read. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> when I'm reading for pleasure. Yeah. Um, and I have a great time. I, I, and I get, to, I, I get to introduce the audience that, that grew up on reading Rainbow who are adults now. Mm-hmm. Right. All, all of those people that 105,000 of them donated to the Reading Rainbow Kickstarter back in 2014. Yeah. You know, that, that entire generation, they're adults now. And I get to maintain a relationship with them around literature and storytelling. And I'm introducing them to new authors the way I introduced them to, to new books when they were kids. And I just I like maintaining that relationship with this audience that that, you know, I've I've, I've been involved with for over 30 years. Yeah. I when I was in speech team in high school, I did prose. Yeah, yeah. I I read. Uh, I can I can see yeah, that easily. I did. Uh, you have a very sonorous voice. Well, thank and you. Right. Yeah. Although that th- th- I I can make it sound better. Most of the time, when people want to make fun of me, they do this kind of thing. <laughs> well, that's the Midwestern. Like, yeah, it's the Midwestern. Yeah. It's like you know, it's it's a all versions of Roseanne Barr. <laughs> you know, one version. Of <laughs> well. uh I mean, well, you said like you have just such an amazingly diverse career mm-hmm. and so rich and, and with so many different things going on. Is there something that you would want to change for the future? Like in terms of the, you know, the, the where are you going part of the questions? I mean, is there is there something that you feel like you that you'd like to yeah. do more of or yeah. something different that you want to explore? I have set my cap for this, uh, you know, this this next act, this last act of, of, yeah. of my career. <laughs> um, well, do you, I mean, is that confronting that? I'm 62. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I figured because, yeah. yeah, but but I mean, does that... Oh, I'm thinking about it. Yeah. I'm, I'm consciously slowing down in my life. I recognize that I've been living my life like there's been somebody chasing me for the last 40 years. Oh, really? That's not really sustainable going forward. So yeah, yeah. I'm slowing down. Yeah. And it's, it's not easy, but I'm really making myself. I'm becoming aware of the need and necessity to just. <sighs> Do you feel like you're a stressed person and that you've been a stressed person? <laughs> there, that was uh, what was known as a deadpan look is what I just got. Yeah. 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 
Uh, showbiz is a little stressful. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, do, what do you, do you have coping mechanisms that you use to kind of? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which are like stretching, breathing. Stre- yeah, uh, I spend a lot of time in water. Uh huh. Um, yeah. Do you, I mean? Do you are you a person who like kind of lays in bed and just brain I, going? I, and you I can't... love a good nap. I can shut it down. Oh, you can. I okay, can good. shut it down. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I can shut it down, but I, I have this overwhelming compunction that when I'm awake, I need to be doing something. Yeah. I should be doing something. Yeah. Right? Yeah, that can be hard because it just like. Yeah. I'm, you know, I. You got to work at being okay with just kind of being chill, you know? You, 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 you mentioned it earlier, and I, I agree. At some point, we have to reparent ourselves. Yeah. We have to become our own parents. We have to stop blaming our parents for who we are and begin to take responsibility yeah. and ownership over our our lives. Yeah. And uh, when we do that, it begins to I think it gets better. Yeah. You know? At least you know who's responsible. Yeah. You know? You, and you, you, you you know who to complain about. And you can <laughs> yeah, and you can <laughs> You take responsibility, but on the other side of taking responsibility is also cutting yourself some slack, yeah. you know, like, right. like, if, like the sense of parenting yourself. It is like, it's also loving yourself yeah, and being understanding and understanding your own shortcomings and not just yelling at yourself about it. No, my mantra these days is protect the asset. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm the asset. Yeah. Yeah. So, but, I, but. Do you think like how do do you think like do you have a time because I'm you know I'm fifty two mm-hmm. I'm and I'm you know do you have like a I'm gonna stop at this point no, I'm not or are you just gonna ever. you're just gonna keep going uh, until as long as you can kicking yeah. and screaming yeah 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 no there's there's no retirement right no I mean honestly I really feel like I'm entering a phase of my life um, that is really appropriate to where I am I spent. 26 years representing a brand that I will never own. And when I, when that really sunk in after Mm -hmm. I had brought the brand back and reinvigorated it for a whole new generation, I realized I'm still making money for somebody else. Yeah. I always say you're a, you sign the back of the checks. Yeah. Not the front of the the checks. Yeah. Right. And so that dawning realization really helped me let go of the attachment I had to being the front man for that brand. Yeah. And so now um, that I'm, I'm not doing that anymore. I'm focusing on the storytelling that I want to do with IP that I do. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, And I'm really, really happy and excited about creating wonderful quality entertainment for families. That's that's what that's what I want to do. So that's what's going. That's forward. what's going yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. yeah. My, my new company, Lavar Burton Media, is all about that. Uh, I've got movies and and television projects, and you know, my podcast and everything that I do will now be the agency of of Lavar Burton Media. Yeah. And then you know, and and then I, so I see this is my immediate future, and then uh, finally, um, when I when I when I can slow down to the point where I can let go of this town. Mm-hmm. A little in my attachment to to being here at the center of the communications universe, um, and and you know I have a plan. I'd like to move to an island in the Caribbean. Oh and, yeah, and write and just write. Yeah. Um, Are you afraid of getting bored? I think it's been a driving factor in my life. 
that has kept me moving from thing to thing. My mom used to say, you have so many irons in the fire. Yeah. And that's just natural to me. Yeah, yeah. Um, I've had to learn how to, <laughs> I've had to learn discernment and and practice not having so many that I, that none of them stay hot. Yeah, right? yeah. Because you have to I mean, keep, you can't get any one the kind of focus that it that deserves. That it really needs yeah. and deserves. So um, there's been that. But I, I, I think that I'm driven by a desire to not be bored. After but we'd roots, be bored on a Caribbean island. That's what I mean. Oh, no. Oh, no? You oh, won't? my God. Because okay. I, I, I think the same thing. I think I'd love to just go somewhere and plop down by a lake or by an yeah. ocean. But I just worry about. Well, as a part of that, when I think that vision, when I, when I, when I imagine that, there's always an element of I have a compound and there's teaching going on and there's a lot of young people around oh, okay. and, you know, passing on the knowledge and the information and just bringing others along. So you're not just... Not just solo. not just eating eating fish and swimming in the sea all day. <laughs> right. And writing and every writing, now and then. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Under, a, under a palm tree. No. Um, no, I, I still want to stay engaged with life. Yeah. Um, I, that's just me. I'm just an, uh, I'm an energy junkie. That's great. Yeah. Well, is there something, um, if you could go back hmm. and tell 19-year-old LeVar something that he needs to know, what do you think it would be? I mean, because it's like when you're really starting on this yeah. professional journey, yeah. at least not, you know, I don't know. you know. The- I would, I would want to tell him, you're going to spend an awful lot of time in anxiety. And as soon as you can let that go, mm-hmm. the better. Yeah. It's true. Yeah. It's true. Yeah. It's something that. Uh, Worrying about shit doesn't. Doesn't have any sort of positive impact on yeah, the yeah. on the situation yeah. ever. No, it. So it's just, don't worry so much. Yeah, it's all gonna be fine because yeah. it always works out. Yeah, it always does. Yeah, and you can worry a little. You know, you don't want to be you, consumed. That that kind of worry yeah. that is that that you know that affects you physically. Yeah, right. Um, that's the kind of worry I'm talking and that, about. And that that also too. Creates a barrier between you and enjoying the fruits of your labor you can't be, and the goodness you in can't your life. You can be in the moment yeah. if you're in anxiety. Yeah, yeah. How long was that anxiety with you? Did it something that carried through all oh, the way? It's, it's, you know, Still it's, here? Oh, of course. It's sitting in the chair next to you yeah, right it's now? It's closer than that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But you just keep walking. Yeah. You just... You know, you get on with it. Yeah. Because the the alternative is not nearly as attractive, Mm-mm. which is allowing my my fear to paralyze me into non-activity. Yeah. Uh, I don't think that's going to happen. I I got to keep moving. Yeah. Is is that a fear? Like, do you do you think that that's a possibility that what that your anxiety could paralyze you at some point, or do you think now you just got a handle on it? I know. Enough? I know it. I know what debilitating depression feels like. Yeah, yeah. 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 Me too. Yeah. 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 It's a drag. It's not fun. Yeah. Are you in therapy? Oh, for years. Yeah, me too. Yeah. 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 No, that, you know, it's that when you were talking about church and theater and Mm -hmm. the kind of that, that, that they both sort of serve the same need. 
for me, therapy is yeah. that's church. Right. Like that's yeah. been that's been the thing that sort of created a vessel for my life, mm-hmm. created a sense of progress, life saving sense of progress. Yes. Like if there wasn't a notion, if I didn't feel the progress that I feel in therapy, I don't know what the hell I would do. Right. Because it it does. I do feel like no, I'm always getting a little bit better mm-hmm. at this being alive thing, mm-hmm. and. If that weren't the case, if I weren't getting in, better at it, involved in this process, and, and I love the phrase "the talking cure," mm-hmm. if I was not involved in that in a very active way, I I don't know I'd be stagnant, and I don't I honestly I can't even I don't even want to think about exactly. where I'd be, yeah. you know. So right. let's not go there. Yeah, and I mean, and it's a it's a it's a privileged position to be in to be able to afford it. Yes, it is to be able to. You know, there's a lot of people, too, that have just a prejudice in their mind against it. And that's it. unfortunate. We really yeah. do have a negative stigma in this country, in this culture around, uh, you know, mental wellness. Um, and everybody, everybody uh, has a state of, of mental wellness. Mm-hmm. Everybody. Um, some of us, you know, suffer from periods of imbalance yeah. in our wellness. And, um, and talking about it sure does help. Sure does. Well, that's a good place to I sign off. So. We've been talking for a nice long time, and it's been a wonderful talk. Thank you so much Andy for Richter, uh, making time in your busy, busy, varied life. I wanted to sit down and talk to you um, because I'm a fan. Well, because, thank you. Uh, yeah, I, I've, I've always enjoyed your vibe. Oh, thank you. And then when we met in, in person he, here, he, yeah. here. We're co-workers uh, yeah. here at the, at the podcast facility. Yeah. And I just thought it's always nice when – you meet somebody and they're as nice as you think they are. I, I agree. Yeah. And I feel the same way about yeah. you. So, well, LeVar, thank you so much for coming in and thank you listeners for listening. Did we uh, get, did we get answers to the three questions? I, I think kind so. Of, kind of. So, well, well, we yeah. definitely got where you came from. Yeah, we did. Where you're going. Right. You know, and what I learned along the way and what you learned along Look the way. At you. See, I told you, wow. I snuck them in there. Yeah, you did. You didn't even realize that you were taking a test and you passed. <laughs> A plus. Nice. <laughs> All right, folks. Thanks for listening. And we will uh, we will catch you next time on The Three Questions with Andy Richter. I've got a big, big love for you. The Three Questions with Andy Richter is a Team Coco and Earwolf production. It's produced by me, Kevin Bartelt. Executive produced by Adam Sachs and Jeff Ross at Team Coco. And Chris Bannon and Colin Anderson at Earwolf. Our supervising producer is Aaron Blair, associate produced by Jen Samples and Golit Sahayek, and engineered by Will Beckton. And if you haven't already, make sure to rate and review The Three Questions with Andy Richter on Apple Podcasts. This has been a Team Coco production in association with Earwolf. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com.